The first reading for today is taken from Amos chapter 5 verses 18 to 24. The day of the Lord. Woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. Why do you long for the day of the Lord? That day will be darkness, not light. It will be as though a man fled from a lion, only to meet a bear, as though he entered his house and rested his hand on the wall, only to have a snake bite him. Will not the day of the Lord be darkness, not light, pitch dark without a ray of brightness? I hate, I despise your religious feasts. I cannot stand your assemblies. Even though you bring me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them. Away with the noise of your songs. I will not listen to the music of your harps. But let justice roll on like a river, righteousness like a never-failing stream. And the second reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter 25, verses 1 to 13, the parable of the ten virgins. At that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Well, I'd like to start by telling you the story of a, a large Christian music festival that took place in Oregon, America, back in 1978. It was called the Jesus Northwest Festival, and there were about 35,000 young people there that year, camping out as the festival took place over a number of days. The event was, for all intents and purposes, a huge success. The sun was shining, everyone seemed to be having a great time. And it came to the last evening, and the headline act was shortly about to bring the event to a close. His name was Keith Green, a famous Christian musician and songwriter of the time. As he was praying before going on stage in his trailer, he found himself starting to cry, sensing that God was somehow sad. At the same moment there came a knock at the trailer door and there standing was a young woman from one of the mission stalls present at the festival. 
She apologised for disturbing them, but said she had felt grieved during the festival, saying, Everyone is enjoying themselves, but it doesn't seem like God has had a chance to speak. And whilst praying, she said, I felt God gave, gave me this scripture, and she handed over a small folded piece of paper. When Keith read the words, he knew what he had to do, what God was wanting to say. A few minutes later, the time came for him to go on stage, and he went on to great applause. He was the big star. He started to speak about how God isn't always happy, but that sometimes he's sad. And then he sang one of his new songs entitled, To Obey is Better Than Sacrifice. To obey is better than sacrifice. I don't want your money. I want your life. And I hear you say that I'm coming back soon, but you act like I'll never return. At the end of the song, he reached into his pocket and pulled out the folded piece of paper given to him by the young woman. And he began reading out loud the Bible verses that were written on it. The same verses that we had in our first reading today from Amos chapter 5. This is what the Lord says, I hate, I reject your festivals, I cannot stand your assemblies. Even though you offer up to me burnt offerings, I will not accept them. Away with the noise of your songs, I will not even listen to the sound of your harps. But let justice roll down the rivers, roll down like rivers, and righteousness like a never-ending stream. The crowd was silent. Keith went on to explain that being a Christian meant more than everything just looking good on the outside, on Sunday at church. Rather, one's whole life had to be surrendered to Jesus. He sang again one of his songs. My eyes are dry, my faith is old, my heart is hard, and my prayers are cold, and I know how I ought to be, alive to you and dead to me. Keith challenged the crowd present to repent and offer themselves fully to Jesus, inviting the Holy Spirit to come and have his way. Weeping and loud crying broke out across the whole crowd, with virtually everyone present responding to the call to give their lives totally to Christ, many for the very first time. Why am I telling you this story? Well, because it takes our Bible passage in Amos, written some, what, 2,700 years ago, to a disobedient church, to Israel at the time, and it brings it right up to date and applies it to the church today. One of the other songs that Keith Green sang that day is called Asleep in the Light. I remember hearing it for the first time when I went to the first Christian Union meeting at university. And it addresses today's church. It says, Oh, bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord. You know, it's all I ever hear. No one aches, no one hurts, no one even sheds one tear. How can you be so numb not to care if they come? You close your eyes and pretend the job's done. 
Let us take the words and warnings of our reading from Amos seriously. It started by saying, Woe to you who long for the day of the Lord, verse 18. Why do you long for the day of the Lord? That day will be darkness, not light. You see, they were longing for God to come in justice and triumph. But what they seemed blind to was the fact that they themselves, the Israelite church of the time, were not would not favour well if God did come. Sure, they kept their outward religious practices, but inside their hearts were far from God. There was no justice in their courts or honesty in their business dealings, no holy living in their day-to-day -day lives and dealings with each other. The passage even goes on to say they are continuing to engage in idol worship like the nations around them. So, be careful what you wish for. Make sure your house is in order first. And Jesus addresses this same issue in our New Testament reading. In the parable of the ten bridesmaids. In the Jewish culture of the day, when a couple married, the bridegroom and his party would come to the bride's house, often after sunset. The bridesmaids present with the bride who had come out to greet them, with their lanterns lit, and the whole company would return to the bridegroom's house for the wedding feast. In the parable Jesus tells, the bridegroom is a long time coming, and the bridesmaids all fall asleep, and are suddenly awakened at midnight when the cry rings out, the bridegroom is come. I wonder if you can relate to this being tired of waiting. I know I can. I'm a member of a, a men's group that meets each Monday night by Zoom at present. And we currently are looking through the book of Hebrews. And the idea is that we are completely open with each other. We take off our masks, if you like. And each week we bring to the group one thing that we feel God is challenging us from in the passage. And... Last week we were looking at Hebrews chapter 10 and in it it says that once Jesus had offered himself as a sacrifice as the sacrifice for sin once for all time he sat down at the right hand of God and that since that time he waits for his enemies to be made a footstool under his feet well i said to the group i'm tired of waiting it's been 2,000 years. I'm tired of the struggles of life. Tired of seeing Christian relatives and friends suffer with the likes of cancer. When are we going to experience this full victory with all of Jesus' enemies put under his feet? So, I can relate to the bridesmaids. But Jesus, here in the passage, assures us that he is coming at an hour when we will least expect him. And every eye shall see it. A loud cry shall ring out. So do not give up, but rather be ready for his coming. In 2 Peter, it talks about the day of the Lord, this day of the Lord that's been mentioned in Amos. And it says, 
that in those last days scoffers will come, saying, Where is this coming he promised? Ever since our forefathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning. But it says that they deliberately forget that with the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day, and that the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises, as some understand slowness to be. It states that the day of the Lord will come unexpectedly, just like a thief coming. You know, they don't give you a ring first to tell you that they're on their way. And it says, Dear friends, since you are looking forward to this day, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless and at peace with him. And that brings us back nicely to our parable of the ten bridesmaids. Five of them indeed have made the effort to be found spotless, blameless and at peace with him. At the bridegroom's appearing, they light their lamps and they have plenty of oil for the journey back to the bridegroom's house for the wedding banquet to begin. But the five foolish bridesmaids have only enough oil to just get their lamps lit and they soon begin to go out. They might initially seem on the outside to be fine. I mean, the lamp is lit, but not for long. Just like in Amos, they may have plenty of religious stuff going on, but their hearts and lives are not really devoted to Christ. And they want the five bridesmaids to give them some of their oil. But you see, it doesn't work that way. We ultimately stand before God alone. You can't borrow salvation from your mum and dad, your friends, your wives, your husbands. It's about you and you alone, where you stand before God. The five foolish bridesmaids go off to try to buy some more oil, but by the time they return it's too late. The door to the wedding banquet has been shut. It reminds me of the passage in Genesis, the story of Noah's Ark, I'm sure you know it, where it says, The Lord closed the door behind them. He shut them in to the ark. And everyone on one side of that door would be safe, saved from the coming judgment. And everyone on the other side of that door would perish. A sobering thought. Our five foolish bridesmaids cry out, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But the bridegroom replies, I tell you the truth. I don't know you. What terrible words to hear. So what are we to take from our two Bible readings today? Well, Jesus is coming. It may well have seemed like a long wait to us. But the real question is not how long is the wait, but rather what will he find when he arrives? Both for us as individuals and as his church. Will he find a church full of people totally committed to him? and seeing his kingdom come right where they are? Or will he find a church just going through the motions, looking good and religious on the outside? But that's all. May each one of us today choose afresh to 
return to him, to choose to be those who are fully committed to serving and following him and seeing his kingdom come. May we be ready for his coming. Amen.